Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. All right, you ready for the Word today? Let's stand and pray. Uh, I, I really want to bring this where I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare uh, today and next week. I want to spend two weeks on this. And um, man, I just need your prayers uh, today. How many feel like you've been kind of in a spiritual battle? That's kind of like where you've been in the season. I know just about any time you ask that to a follower of Christ, a hand will go up. And I'm going to show you why that is uh, in these next two messages. Uh, I really want you to lean in and listen. Uh, may not be preaching that long I, um, because I do want to provide opportunity for prayer. In the pre-service prayer this morning, before the team even knew what I was speaking on, a word came through them uh, while praying that God is going to give some territory that's been taken from some of you. You're going to take back what the enemy has stolen from you today. Uh, and so it's all in this vibe of uh, spiritual warfare. So I know if I've learned anything, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the best at a lot of things, but by His grace, I've been able to listen to the voice of the Lord. And that's why I'm, I am where I am in life today because I've been able to discern his voice and be able to do this. So I, my ears go up when I hear that, when I know the Lord is, is doing something here in this moment. So if you feel like you're in a spiritual battle, um, we're going to pray today, and you're going to see some, some, uh, some help coming from the Lord today to help you get through to the other side, and a great victory is going to be done. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We prepare our hearts through worship. God, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would um, encourage us today. Father, as we learn today to look out for the enemy, as you told us, be watchful uh, because the enemy goes about like a roaring lion. And Lord, Lord, I pray you help us to be aware of those opportune times that the enemy will come. That's what, Lord, you've put in my heart to talk about today, that we will be able to, to discern that so we won't be taken advantage of uh, by the enemy. And I just pray that you, you would anoint me, Lord, right now, and to speak your words. Let the words in my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, I pray in Jesus' name. While you're standing, you might have heard the old saying, new level, new devil. But I want you to look at your neighbor and give him the title of today's message and say, new level, same devil. New level, same devil. Amen. You may be seated. New level, same devil. I may get to the same devil point part next week, but the new level is what I want to focus on. We've been talking a lot about going to the next and what God has next for us. And so um, I wanted to just talk about this for a minute. Over in Luke chapter 4, if you got your Bibles there, we're going to go to the famous uh, narrative story of Christ, the temptation of Christ. I'm not going to focus in on the three temptations there too much. Uh, I just want to look at the very first verse and then the last verse and kind of dive into it a little bit today. But um, awesome news. I know that many are in spiritual warfare because that's what happens after you get filled with the Holy Spirit. We had 15 people, probably more, that got filled with the Holy Spirit or refilled with the Holy Spirit in the last three weeks. If that's you, just wave at me today. Put your hand up. You got filled with the Holy Spirit or refilled. Someone got me this morning and told me how uh, they just felt the presence of the Lord uh, on that one on last weekend. Was that last weekend? Wow. Uh, of the revival. And 
came into the presence of the Lord, and it was like a fountain, and the, just the presence of God was so strong. Amen. Well, we get empowered for service. That's why he empowers us. Uh, so, but he also empowers us so we can fight through these uh, battles that we go through, and which you'll see in chapter 4 of Luke. And if you're there, say amen. Um, look at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Look at that. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, he was then led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So the very first, as soon as he got filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to see that, he was then led by the Holy Spirit. So once you're filled, that's awesome experience to get filled up with God. But it's an entirely different thing that you and I got to learn as believers is to follow and submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You could be filled with the Holy Spirit. We all love those feelings. We love when the presence of God is there. But we also must learn to be led by the Spirit and not be led by the flesh. How I many you know Paul teaches that all through Romans and Galatians? you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. But you'll be surprised to find out that it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into this season of spiritual warfare. You need to see that today. We think the Holy Spirit's always going to lead us to, you know, roses and running through the fields and all that good times. But, yeah, that happens, but he has us go through the wilderness. And I'll get to this a little bit more next week, but you need to understand the Holy Spirit will lead us to the wilderness. Our obedience determines when we exit the wilderness. It took the children of Israel 40 years. It took Jesus 40 days. What was the difference? They both were led by the cloud, led by the presence of God into the wilderness. One obeyed, the other one did not. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as soon as he was filled, he was then led into spiritual warfare. He beats the devil up, and he overcomes the devil three times there. And then look at verse 14. This is what you need to look at. This is where I want you to see yourself those of you that said you're in a season of spiritual warfare, I want to see yourself at verse 14. I want to get you to verse 14, all of us, by the end of this two-week message, and it is right here. Then Jesus returned in the what? In the what? In the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit, and he submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He obeyed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it always results in power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't we have power? We've been filled. We feel the Lord tugging us, but how come I don't have no power? I wonder if it's because we, do the, we fail in between the two scriptures I showed you, and Jesus showed us how to triumph in that season. When we triumph, we, are re we return in power. If not, we're going to have to fight that battle one more time. Are you with me this morning? So the, the, the narrative of the temptation was, you know, three perspectives. It was God testing Jesus. It was the enemy tempting Jesus. And it was Jesus triumphing over temptation for him and for the believers. So that, that's, if you want to really get into that. That's really the purpose of that whole narrative. But we're at verse 14. I want to back up a little bit and really focus in on verse 28. But first, well, let me look at verse 28. It says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. And I want to talk about that today. 
being able to discern those opportune times that the enemy tries to, when we're going into a battle, when the enemy tries to come and to tempt us. And so why? why? Why should we talk about the enemy, the devil's spiritual warfare? You know, why, why are you talking about that, Pastor Eddie? You know, uh, well, first of all, I don't talk about it all the time. I do talk about marriage and family and friends. We just talked about friends a couple of weeks ago, uh, who's in your circle and that, and we'll talk about all these other things. But I think it is important that we as churches should be dedicating some time to talk about spiritual warfare. I try to do it at least once a year, twice a year, so that we can equip, we can be equipped to fight these battles. Why? Because everybody here as a follower of Christ is going to have to endure some sort of spiritual battle. You can't escape. You're going to have to fight some battle. If you are a follower of Christ, you're going to learn two things. One, it's a better life. There is blessing, there is favor, you have eternal life. Come on, somebody, that's, that's win right there. You have eternal life when you say yes to Jesus. It's a better life. So that's the first thing you learn. You see the favor and the blessing of God. But you also learn that with the blessing comes battles. You also learn that there are battles that will come as God brought the children of Israel into the promised land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, but it was also a land filled with giants and Jericho and Ai and Canaanites and Amorites and all the other ites. It was a battle. It was Joshua. It wasn't just eating the, the milk and honey. It was a battle, season of battle. And that is what goes with the Christian life. But let me tell you something. Even with the battles, serving Jesus is still better. I said, even with the battles, serving Jesus is still better. And we also need to talk about spiritual warfare. Look at a couple of these scriptures because Paul said in 2 Corinthians that he says, lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Paul said, I, I am writing this to you, Corinthians, because you need to not be ignorant of his devices. I don't want anybody to take advantage of you. Have you ever been taken advantage of? Have you ever had someone take advantage of you? Either sell you something that they knew was junk or broke, but they sold it to you anyway. Have you ever had somebody uh, take advantage of you, manipulate you because you were in a vulnerable situation? It happens. Now, probably all of us here have experienced that. What they both have in common, whether whenever taken advantage of the thing that is in common is the other person that has taken advantage of you and I, they know more about the thing that they are doing which allows them to take advantage of us, whether it's selling a product or anything. They know more about the situation. They have a plan in their mind. They already have, a, have a, another plan in mind when they are trying to take advantage of you. They already know. So what gets us in the... Uh, to where we are being taken advantage of is that we have we are ignorant and it's not really a bad word we just are ignorant to what is happening paul said i don't want you to be ignorant of of the enemy and of your spiritual uh conflicts that you get into i don't want you to be ignorant of how the devil schemes another word for that device is schemes or um plans he says, you need to be aware that this is a devil. You need to get to the point when you are going through something, after you've served God for a while, 
you, you'll get to the place. I heard one, one sister say, a famous missionary, she said, I've been serving the Lord so long, I can't tell when it, the difference between a battle and, and a blessing. She said, because I just know that it's a constant fight, that it always is, because the, 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 the burden of wanting to be blessed is just as heavy as a responsibility that is attached to carrying the blessing. There's always some kind of conflict that you and I will have to go through as following, being followers of Christ. And Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant or taken advantage of. And I was thinking of many stories I could tell you, and I'm sorry they're not so pleasant, but it's the way it was. You ever been in a fight, talking about spiritual warfare? Speaking of school, I remember uh, my last day at, in ninth grade at Ecorse High because we were moving to uh, another city, we moved to Taylor, and I was going to start, finish my ninth grade year in Taylor. I'll never forget that last day of school, no one really knew, it was the last day of the first semester, I believe, but uh, I was leaving, and uh, we were, I remember walking down the hallway, and I had one of my most loyal friends with me. He was, he was always a loyal friend, and the whole time we're going down the hallway, he kept saying, he kept saying, Eddie, let's go down this other hallway, let's go down the other doors, and I was like, no, we always go out these doors. He's like, no, Eddie, I want, we should go out these other doors, you know, and we cross over out of drive. I said, we always go out these doors. We go through over the tracks, and we go, and, and, and he knew something I didn't know. He knew that right outside those double doors, I was going to get jumped. Uh, grew up in Ecorse. Hallelujah. That's just our story. I wish I had another pleasant story for you, but that's just how it was. So I had no idea, and I remember walking out those double doors. I'm free, and I look. And I saw my best friend from kindergarten standing in front of me with his brother, his cousin, and another guy from the neighborhood, all four of them. And I'm like, whoa, what are you four doing here? You know, he's my best friend. I was like, whoa. And I, right behind the door, I heard, hey, hey, I turned around and this dude sucker punched me. Boom. So we got into this fight. This guy was nothing. Had him in a headlock. And but I looked at my friend, and he was my best friend from kindergarten. And can I tell you that it hurt me more that him and the family set me up, knew I was going to come in out that door, knew that that was going to be my last day, and arranged this whole fight. That hurt me more than this little punk right here trying to get one in on me. Now, Daddy taught me, don't start a fight, but finish it if they do. Come on, somebody, amen. So, so, so I, had, I had him. He was nothing. One, two, three, he's done. But I'll never forget, my dad come pulling up in a 68 Rambler. And uh, it was Bo's car, and that thing was classic. And he come up, you know, just picking me up from school. No, like I said, no one knew that was my last day, or he didn't. But I knew, or no one knew Dad was picking me up, but I knew Dad was picking me up. And when he pulled up, they saw Dad. That wasn't the only time Dad had to save us. They took off running, and there I was. I got in the car. I was all upset. You know, I looked, my eye was a little red, and I was mad. Because he did get that first hit on me. But what hurt me the most was that one of my best friends set me up. And my dad got me out of there. He said, Eddie, there's one thing. You don't have to worry about this no more. You don't worry about them. Here's the point. When you and I are involved with spiritual warfare, the Holy Spirit is the guy that will help warn us and say, hey, you need not go down that way. You need not to go down, make that decision or go down that hallway. The Holy Spirit is the one saying, let's go down this hallway. Let, let's not go down that way because there's an enemy there that is waiting for you to just walk right out of those doors, right out of the will of God, right into that relationship, whatever it is, and the enemy's going to take advantage of that moment and he's going to get you. But I want you to know that even if you're like me and you, you ignored the Holy Spirit, 
and you went out the wrong doors, I'm here to tell you, if you would just call upon God, the Holy Spirit's going to show up in a 68 Rambler right there on the ground. He's going to get out. He's going to save you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. There's my opening story. Yeah, pray for me. I said, I don't want you to be taken advantage of. I don't want you to walk out some doors and get blindsided by the enemy. The Holy Spirit is who led Jesus into the wilderness, and he knew he was coming. He just didn't know when he was coming. I'll show you that in a minute. Peter says it like this. Be alert. Be alert. Be on watch, because your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, to devour. He says, but be firm in your faith. Resist him, because you know that, all, that other believers in the world are all going through the same kind of suffering. Why does the enemy fight us so much? What, what is this whole purpose of spiritual warfare? This is it. This is my one and only main point that you need to get, and that is this. The enemy wants to stop the work of God in you so he can stop the work of God through you. This is exactly why the enemy tried to come at Jesus. This is why he's gonna, he came at Paul. And if Jesus had to fight the devil, if Paul had to fight the devil, if the early church had to fight the devil, that means you and I are going to have to fight against the devil. Now, when you become a Christian, you find out you have three enemies. You fight, you can write this down, but you fight against the devil. He's the evil influence in the world today. He's Satan. He's evil. He's anti-God, anti-Christ. He is, he is the one that is trying to lure us down the wrong hallway. He's the, always the one trying to wait for us when we make these bad decisions. You have the devil. Then the Bible teaches that we also have an enemy. It's the world. World meaning the system that is anti-God. The system that is uh, the values and beliefs and morals that are anti-Christ. And we are watching in our culture today more and more of that becoming more prominent. The voice of immorality and confusion is getting louder and louder. I'm telling you that's because there is a mastermind behind the things that you and I are seeing. It's an evil influence that's in our culture today. And it, it raises up against the knowledge of God. That, my friend, is Satan in the world. And the third enemy is your flesh. Your flesh, the problem with our flesh is our flesh likes all of that. Our flesh loves all of that. It doesn't want to submit to the Holy Spirit. It does not want to follow the things of God. So it's a constant battle that you and I will always be in. P Peter says, be alert and watch for this. But the enemy wants to stop the work of God in you. He wanted to stop the work of God in Jesus. He wanted to shut him down because I, he didn't want him to continue the work of God coming through Jesus. That's exactly what he tries to do, you and me. He tries to get you to quit. He tries to get you to quit coming to church. Quit living for God. He's going to stop you to try to get into a life group, try to have a morning Bible study. Anything to do with growing in your faith, if you face resistance, I'm telling you, that's more than just a coincidence. Some fought getting to the house of God this morning. Some of you literally fought all the way here, walked in and said, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> I know how to. Others of you, it was a fight last night. It was a fight this morning. You were just tired. You were weary or whatever. Maybe you're watching online. You have some technical difficulties, whatever. The enemy will always try to stop the work of God in you so he can stop the work of God through you. The enemy knows what was on the other side of Jesus' submitting to the Holy Spirit, and that is him coming back in power. The enemy knows what's on the other side of you winning this, this uh, battle. He knows what's on the other side of it. So he tries to get you to quit, tries to get you to stop. Let's look at some of these 
opportunities that the enemy will come and try to get us to stop. Luke 4, 13 is that main scripture. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. An opportune time. We'll focus more on some other things, but today I just want to look at the opportune time that is meant here. This scripture always fascinated me. The enemy came for Jesus. Jesus overcame him, but he left him for an opportune time. We have some of those opportune times mentioned in Scripture. Now, this is not exhaustive. I'm not going to do all of them, but these are some of the main ones that we have clearly in Scripture. You need to write them down. These are ways for you to be aware lest anyone take advantage of you. If I knew what was on the other side of those double doors, I would have went out the other side, met my dad, said bye to my friend Jake, and been in the car and been gone, and they would have missed that opportunity. You know, funny little thing at 14 years old, but I'm going to tell you something. The, the same thing happens every day to followers of Christ spiritually. The Holy Spirit is trying to compel us to do this, compel us not to do that. And if we listen to him, it's going to determine whether or not we open the door to the enemy in our life. Because the devil cannot touch an obedient Christian. He cannot, he cannot get to any believer without getting permission from God. But one thing he don't need to get permission is when you and I open the door. And I'll show you, I can show you that in Joshua when Achan went and stole that money and then Joshua and the whole army fell. And Joshua said, why couldn't we defeat the enemy? And God said, because you cannot stand against your enemy when you got willful disobedience in the camp, Joshua. Joshua said, whoa. He had him repented. We got to learn to shut these doors. What did God tell Cain when Cain and Abel? Remember, he said, Cain, he said, why are you so sad? He said, the enemy's sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you're supposed to rule over it. What's a door? A door that you can open or shut to the enemy. Balaam, this is what he did. I, I can show you throughout the whole word of God. That's why Jesus was always talking about being submitted. You don't got to be perfect, but you need to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. And the difference is a person that's submitted to the Holy Spirit, when you and I sin, if you're submitted to the Holy Spirit, we're quick to get up and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I'm going to dust off the, the dirt from my pants. I'm going to get back into the fight like David did. I'm going to serve you. That's a person that's submitted to the ways of God. A person that is not submitted to the ways of God, ain't nothing wrong with this. Ain't nothing wrong with this. And next thing you know, they're over here and they're doing things that they thought they would never, ever, ever do. And the enemy is just having his way with so many Christians. And I'm so, it just grieves my heart when I see people that are, that are followers of God and they got the word, they got the spirit in them. And they're being just whipped up by the enemy. They're just, just having a field day with them. I want you to know, I'm going to really get into this next week, but right now I want you to know you are the weapon that God wants to use. You are the weapon. I'll show you that next time. But here, we're looking out for those opportune times when the enemy comes. Let me give them to you. The first one is this, is when we are weary. This is, this is so um, right in Scripture all over the place. When we are weary, when we are tired, this is an opportune time that the enemy will come. We see this in the very first temptation when the enemy came to Jesus. Look at it in verse 2 and 3, and it says, when uh, being tempted for 40 days, and it was at the end it says that Jesus ate nothing in those days. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry or weary. Then watch. And the devil said to him, he came. The enemy 
If you read this, the temptation narrative, the enemy did not come on day one. The enemy did not come to Jesus when he was strong, when he first started his fast. It said after his fast, everybody catch that? At the end of his 40 days. In other words, the enemy waited for an opportune time. He said, I'm not going to tangle with this dude. He just got out of the water baptism. A voice opened up and said, this is my son. A dove came down like a dove. The Holy Spirit came down. Everyone saw it. It was like coming out of a great revival. I mean, devil said, I ain't messing with him now. I'm going to wait until it wears off a little bit. I'm going to wait until they get so busy and, you know, the things of God. It's not so exciting. And they've been, they've been walking through the wilderness for a little bit more time. They're getting a little weary on the inside, and, and they're getting tired. Then the enemy said, then I'm going to come and say, hey, when we're weary, you find this when David fell into sin with Bathsheba. When, you know, you find it all in the word of God. Or when David fought with his giants at the end. Many people know about David and Goliath, which is an awesome story. And ESPN owes major royalties to Jesus because they steal that idiom all the time, <laughs> the giant and the, and the underdog. But, you know, David fought other giants in his life, at the end of his life. And the Bible says that he was out there fighting one of the giants, and the giant thought he could take David down because David had be, become weary. And finally, Abishai came to him. Let me just say this about being weary. Just because you're weariness doesn't mean that you are weak. Weariness is not weakness. Okay? You need to know that. That's not what I'm talking about. Because David grew weary. But I doubt anybody here would tell David he was weak. Especially to his face. So you and I can grow weary. Weariness is something that you and I grow weary. We become weary. One of the things in the last days in the book of Daniel, the Bible describes one of the attacks of the enemy is that he's going to wear down the saints. Weariness. Weariness is what Samson, Delilah, kept weary and making him tired with his hair, with trying to longing after him and, and talking to him. And the Bible says that she wore him down. And when he became weary, he told her all of his heart's secrets. It's weariness that gets us in trouble. It's the weariness. So when you're weary, you need to be aware of that. When you're starting to get tired, I don't know about you, but I make some dumb decisions when I get tired. Weariness. It's not weakness. But it's a state of our spiritual life when the enemy, when you and I are weary, that's when the enemy's going to come. That's an opportune time to come for the enemy. Let me just say this. That whole thing about Sabbath that God started in the beginning, that us Americans don't, practice at all, it is something you, sh you and I should be practicing. You need a Sabbath. It's not required to be saved. It's not under the law. The Sabbath wasn't made for man. Jesus said, or man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. We are to rule over the Sabbath. But there needs to be a block of time in your life, in my life, whether you're young, you're a teenager, young adult, or a senior, there needs to be a block of time. I would say every week, some sort of a rhythm that you have where you unplug, you put the phone down, you disconnect. And, you know, I don't care if everybody's going to get a hold of it. Oh, my, their life's falling apart. Their life was falling apart a week ago, too. It's going to fall apart again another week. You need to unplug and sit at the feet of Jesus and get your soul filled back up with the Lord. You need to practice that Sabbath. I think three of you got a breakthrough there. 
weary. It's not always just running either. It's always notifications and phones and stuff, man. You need to put that thing down. Weariness is one of the ways the enemy comes. The second one is when we are empty. Now, these two kind of go together. Weary and emptiness. When we are empty, the scripture points it out very clearly. Jesus actually taught on this in Matthew chapter 12. He talked about an unclean spirit. We have that one. It says, Jesus said when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it what? He finds it empty. When he finds it empty and then swept and put in order, then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and they dwell in there. And the last state of the man is worse than it was in the beginning. This is, there is so much um, truths in that scripture. We could be there for the rest of the time. But I just want you to see it's when you're empty. So it goes with being tired. It goes with being weary. But being empty is something else. You can be weary but still full of the word of God and you can win. That's why some of us is, is keeping us from stopping because we've, we've been fighting through this before. We think we can keep doing it. That's because you're, you got the word. But the moment you quit feeding yourself and you're tired and empty, that's like being uh, tired and hungry at the same time. How many of those are the two? That's like ringing the dinner bell for the enemy when you're tired and hungry. How many know about hungry people? Some of y'all are going to be there in about 10 minutes. Tired and hungry. And the sad thing about being hungry is people that are starving, people that are really, really hungry, they'll eat anything. The danger about being and letting yourself get to the place where you're so hungry, you're going to eat anything. You'll, someone will send you this on YouTube. Someone will send you this on a video. And you'll be so hungry, you'll be eating everything up, everything up like this. And you're getting full of all kind of stuff. And the enemy said, I ain't afraid of all of that. By the way, look at the, the one thing that the enemy uh, ran away from Jesus is when Jesus quoted the word of God. That's the only thing that the enemy is afraid of. So when I say empty, I'm saying empty from your spiritual word, empty spiritually from the Word of God. You can be filled with what you hear on the podcast. You can be filled with what you hear on, on all these Joe Rogan experience and Ruslan and, and Tucker Carlson and all these uh, politician and new, all kinds of new. Um, I looked at the top podcasts and many of us, you know, I, there's a lot I listen to and that's fine. They're just information. But the devil's not afraid of these opinions that we receive from Fox or CN News. The only thing that makes the devil run is when we say, thus says the Lord. This is written. This is written. Jesus didn't say, it is written that Tucker Carlson said, it is written that Anderson, Cooper Anderson said, it is written that my neighbor said, it is written that whatever else it is. The devil said, oh, that's good. I told him to say it. <laughs> On a lot of that, you don't mind if you get filled of that. I'm talking about being empty of the truth of God's word. We're just ringing the dinner bell. That's why you and I need to become a wordaholic. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to read this Word. You've got to meditate on this Word. You've got to study it. You've got to read it. When they cut you a scripture, ought to bleed out. You've got to be filled with the Word of God. What does God say about that? What does the Word say? Where am I in God's Word? Where am I in the season? What is the Lord saying to me right now? That is what the enemy's afraid of. 
This is how you overcome your battles. If Jesus was empty of the word, even though he was physically tired, he would have lost that battle. He would have been, you can't look on your phone when Jesus might have been out of Wi-Fi. I couldn't get that scripture that Pastor Eddie said. Hang on, devil. It was in here somewhere. I put it on Facebook and even shared it on Instagram. Jesus said, I don't, I don't need that. Because David tells us, Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. So when I am blindsided, and I do go out the double doors sometimes, the wrong doors, and I get sucker punched by the devil, I know, hold up, wait a minute, there's a scripture for that. You may think you got me, but the Bible says that if he who is, a, who is for me, then who can be against me? The word of God said all things work together for the good. The Bible says that even though I of the shadow of death. I don't got to be afraid of anything. And you start quoting that word and that spirit starts getting stronger and the enemy runs from you. Well, I got to catch him again another time. That's right, devil. Get in that 68 Rambler and go down Southfield, burn it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tired and hungry. There is another truth in this before we move on about the seven demons coming back. Listen. Returning to a past bondage always results in deeper bondage. Okay. God sets you free from something. Then you need to shout and say amen. But you need to stay full of the Holy Spirit and don't say, well, that did it for this weekend. Now that the revival's over, now that the Holy Ghost Pentecost is over, now that life is starting to get busy, I'm going to start allowing myself to get back over here. Now you're hungry and you're empty again. I'm talking about an opportune time. The devil don't mess with you when you're over here. He ain't going to mess with you when you're in life crew, when you're in the Word, hanging out with Christian friends, listening to gospel music and praying in the Holy Ghost. He ain't going to mess with you. He, he knows better than that. He knows the word of God. He must submit to the word of God, especially when it's in the mouth of a submitted believer. He ain't going to mess with you. You're one of them. That's what makes the enemy hell is terrified when a believer realizes their identity and realizes the power that is in them. That's what hell wants to get us so confused about. But make no mistake about it. When he sees us opening up the door and getting back to our old way, we're just ringing that dinner bell. Jesus said it right here. I am not making this theology or demonology up. It's in your Bible. Jesus said he goes and he gets seven more and says, hey, I know God set him free, but let's just wait because he's been here before. And this time we're going to take him out. This time we're going to take him down. Whenever God sets you free from bondage, if you return, it always results in deeper bondage. There is deliverance, absolutely there's deliverance, but why go through all of that again? Why go through that cycle? Don't, don't be empty. Okay, I gotta keep going, I got three more of these. Hallelujah. Opportune time, when we're empty, when we're weary and empty, those two are so similar, you see that. You see Jesus was tired, was full of the word, he was able to get through it. You gotta stay in your word, church. Let me tell you, you gotta stay, memorize the word. Memorize scriptures. You got to get in the Word. This Bible has saved my life. Let me just tell you that. This book has saved my life. I am 26 years clean and sober and loving my life because of this book. Because of the Holy Spirit spoken to my heart out of this book. I thank God for seven steps, eight steps, nine steps. But if you learn to take the one step of leap of faith into the Word of God, you don't got 
about any of going back to the old. You just keep feeding on the Word of God. Keep feeding on the Word of God. It aligns your attitudes every day. It aligns your mindset every day. It realigns you every time you word. You read Colossians. You read Ephesians. You read Proverbs. I still get revelation from Proverbs. Come on, somebody. It's the Word of God. And what's happening? You're getting full of the Spirit of God. I could talk about the Word all day, but i got to move on. Here's another opportune time. You ready? After a big disappointment. This is an opportune time when the enemy comes. Jesus, Paul said, I want you to be aware of his devices. I don't want you to be taken advantage of. So if you're in this room or watching online and you've just been had a major letdown, you just had a major disappointment happen in your life, that, that job didn't work out, that new position you thought you were all excited about and thought it was an answer to prayer, but it didn't work out. That relationship didn't work out. Whatever, fill in the blank, any kind of letdown. I'm telling you, this is where the enemy said, I'm going to get and see how spiritual he is now. We learned this from 1 Kings chapter 19, and I did a whole series on this. So look at our YouTube channel. It's called Breaking the Cycle of Depression and Anxiety. And I used Elijah, the mighty man of God, as he went through this. And it was a major disappointment in 1 Kings chapter 19. You remember the story? Mighty man of God called fire down from heaven at Mount Carmel. I was there in Israel. I saw the place that they have. We had a Bible study there. I read the story in 1 Kings 19 is an amazing, right there, looking up at the same sky where 3,000 years ago parted open and fire came down and lit that sacrifice in front of the 450 false prophets of Baal. And Elijah thought for sure this was going to bring revival. Elijah thought for sure this was going to be the turn of the tide for the culture, that Israel was no longer going to be wicked and idolatrous and anti-God. Surely this revival was going to turn it around. I've seen it in my life. I see people get saved, see people come to church, see people starting to read their, and I say, surely they're going to be on fire for God. And the enemy sometimes gets them, man. It's a disappointment working in ministries like Life Challenge where they have a revolving door, and I talk with Pastor Jeff and them, and I'm like, man, how do you guys do this? One or two out of 50 make it because they leave and they go back to the old. I love what he says. He says, because those that make it, those that make it have like a 92% rate of never going back to their old life. But there's so many that fall away, so many that don't. Major disappointments. Elijah was let down. He was so excited when fire came down from heaven. And he stood there and said, let's, let's wipe out these false prophets of Baal. They took a sword, and it was barbaric, and they were fighting. These were awful men, uh, these false prophets. Killed fathers and children. They sacrificed children to their idolatrous gods. So when you read in the Old Testament of God telling Joshua to wipe out the Canaanites, you need to find out who those Canaanites were, first of all, before you think. It wasn't just the innocent people. There was a reason why God gave them 400 years to repent. 400 years for generations and generations, and they would not. And they would sacrifice children to the God of Molech. And they would make the music so loud so the mothers couldn't hear the screaming babies. These, this is stuff that was written by Josephus and, and extra, um, not Christian Bible people. This is in their historical documents, this stuff. You can, you can look it up. It's, it's, it, they were wicked people. And Elijah stood there. And said, I'm going to make a stand for God. And he stood for God and called fire down from heaven. It was an awesome showdown. 
And all of a sudden, he got a letter from Jezebel. Jezebel was a woman in the Bible, but she's also perceived in Scripture as a spirit. And she wrote a letter and says, what you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you by this time tomorrow. In other words, this thing didn't work. It's not as big and it's not as good as you thought. I'm still going to serve my devil and I'm going to take you out. And the Bible says that Elijah read those letters, read that little text message. And he ran for his life. And when you read that story, Elijah was a completely different person after he read that letter. A completely different person. You can be so strong and filled with hope and filled with confidence and have a major letdown and be such a different person. People can't even uh, recognize who you are. I'm telling you, be on guard because the enemy will try to come in in those moments. That's why we got the whole story of Elijah. Do what I do. I've learned to say, okay, grab the hand of my wife and say, baby, we, were, we thought this was going to be, you know, this, or we thought that was going to happen. We thought this was going to happen. How many times have we done that in youth ministry? How many times you do that in ministry? My gosh. You say, Pastor Eddie, you know, amazing church, and God's given you this in the community, man, you know, and some people get all like other pastors that are maybe having, struggling, they kind of look at us funny and like, yeah, yeah, you must have it made. And I look at them and I go, it was 17 years before we got in this building. 11 years being a youth pastor. 11. You look at anybody in the Bible that got blessed, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, they went through some stuff. Sometimes people will judge you based on the season you're in now, not the season you've been through. So we, we wear... When you go through those disappointments, I got to keep going. I got two more. Another one, when we get too comfortable. This is in scripture, it's pointed out when we get too comfortable, because being too comfortable leads to pride. And when you and I get too comfortable, we get lifted up in pride and we get careless. We think we're above the rules. We think we can cross boundaries and we no longer have to listen to this and don't have to do it God's way. We start getting lifted up. And this story is in 2 Chronicles. It talks about Uzziah. It says when Uzziah, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And it's a sad story because Uzziah was a mighty man of God. This is when, you know, he's a mighty man of God. But he got lifted up in pride. And if you read this story, he said, I don't need to go to church and and submit to the sons of Aaron and, and go to church. I'm going to start my own. And he started his own, his own thing. He, he offered up his own worship before God. And it was profane and strange fire before the Lord. He said, I don't need to do it the way God says to do it. I'm going to do it on my own. And he got so lifted up in pride. And they came while he was in the temple. Because he came when nobody else was there. And he offered up his sacrifice. He said, he's going to be his own priest. And they said, Uzziah, what are you doing? What you're doing, you're bypassing God. He consecrated the sons of Aaron. You're a king, not a priest. You have your own responsibility. What are you doing this? And the Bible says, Uzziah got angry and said, how dare you tell me I, I'm just as anointed as, as the sons of Aaron. How dare you tell me I can't do what I want to do. And the Bible says, while he was yelling, leprosy broke out on his forehead. And they looked back and they were like, whoa. I don't want to be a part of that spirit. And it's a sad story of Uzziah. The Bible says he was still so filled with pride 
that he ended up walking out of the temple and he died in an old rented house of leprosy. This was the king of Israel at one time that heard the voice of God and brought a great revival. But he got too comfortable. He got too comfortable and lifted up in pride and said, I don't need to listen to the word. I don't need what God wants me to do. I'm going to do things my own way. The enemy says, I've been waiting on that, baby. Lastly, is when we begin a new assignment and when God anoints us for a new season. And I believe that many of us are experiencing this as we've come out of COVID and we're coming into a season. I know I have as a pastor. I know our church has. Many of our leaders are fighting things. It's the same devil. And I'm going to show you how, how much it's the same devil next week. But it's battles that, it may be a new devil if you've never been on a, uh, fighting the, the enemy before. Everything's new. But it's still the same devil. And Jesus returned in power and he started his ministry in that verse I showed you. But this scripture here in David, let me just show you this and then we're going to pray. It says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all, everybody say all, all the Philistines went up to search for David. (laughs) All of them. All of hell came at David when they heard David was anointed for a new season. Oh, David's going to start doing this now. Oh, David's going to start going to church now. Oh, you're going to start bringing your family to church now, bro. You're going to start making some time for that. And the enemy's like, okay, let me come at him. And the Bible says, all of Philistine came. But here's what I want you to hear. David said, I've seen this movie before. And the Bible says David ran and got into stronghold. He went and got into the stronghold of God and said, God, you're going to fight my battle. You help me defeat the giant. You're going to help me defeat the entire troop of the Philistines. Go ahead, God. Go ahead and get them. Woo, hallelujah. Come on. And he took them out. And David brought a great victory. Listen, the devil always attacks what God anoints. The enemy will always attack what God has anointed. But I'm telling you something, that God is going to fight your battles. You just got to stay there, got to call upon the name of the Lord. He may come in a 68 Rambler. He may come through a text message, an email. It may be a friend. You may be sitting here today because a friend invited you to come. Hear this message. You don't even understand all this stuff about spiritual warfare. All you need to know that you're in a battle of some kind because you're tired. And you're fighting and you're this and you're that. I just want you to know there is a way out and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet with me today as I close this out in prayer? I do want to pray for those that are here that are going through a season. And I want to get you to verse 14 where you are received with power and you can overcome. But you might need a little help right now. You're in the middle of a battle and you're needing some prayer. Maybe you are in a season of emptiness. and uh, Maybe you have... I don't know. The Holy Spirit, I pray, has spoken to your heart. You've seen yourself in there. These are just some things I've learned. These are some things that the Word of God has shown me in the Word, and I look out for it. And it's helped me go down the other hallway. Many times I've went down the other hallway. It was like, look at the devil. Fooled him again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, pray that we enter not into temptation and that the, uh, we are delivered from evil. Because there's a way to get delivered from it. Did you, did you hear that? Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that heaven is real, hell is real, this thing is real. 
one day you're going to die. We're not going to live forever on this earth. And you're going to step into a whole new unseen realm that Jesus talked about. He went to the cross to make a way for you to be forgiven of all your sins so you can meet with him in heaven. And if you have not received him as the Lord of your life, you need to do that today. You need to say no to yourself and say yes to Jesus. With your heads bowed today, if you're in this room or if you're watching online and you need to submit your life to Jesus Christ, we have this happen every week. But if you're here today, say, I need to say yes to Jesus. Just lift your hand right where you are. Lift your hand right where you are. Put your name in the chat. Put your name in the chat. Say for me today. I need to say yes to Jesus. Anyone in the building today, say yes to Jesus. I need to submit my life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to open up these altars right now for prayer. If you need to get prayer, I want you to come out of your seat. And I want you to come up. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.